therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure demons and to heal every disease and sickness. There are the names of the 12 apostles, first Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, <laughs> Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, son of Zelot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These 12 Jesus, these 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or any town of the Sam Samaritan Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of he heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Thanks, man. Um, you can keep that and hold on. No, I'm just kidding. Give that to Mel. You sell it on eBay. How much would those go for on eBay? 50 bucks? <clears throat> Whoa, this is super high. I think let's pop this down. How are you guys going? That's great. That's great. Um, really keen to get in the Bible for you. Mel's prayed, so that's great. Hey, um, give me an amen if you're a Christian. Amen. Awesome. I'm a Christian too. We always have check, people checking out Jesus here, which is good as well. Um, but you should become a Christian. Uh, I wonder, how, how do people react when you tell them that you're a Christian? Don't, don't shout it out. I reckon I get a whole stack of different responses. I get a lot of people say, oh, that's so, you know, that's so good. It's so nice for you. Uh, I remember uh, I was at Splendor. Dan, we're at Splendor together. I don't know if you remember this. It was a music festival. We were on a bus. And I think Dan and Taylor were behind me, and I was sitting next to this guy. And I told him, somehow it came up, I was a Christian. And he cracked up laughing. Like, absolutely cracked it. And I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on here. And I told him, no, I really am a Christian. And he, he laughed again. And I was like, what's going on? What's going on here? He wasn't actually bagging me out. He actually just didn't think I was serious. I was like, yeah, no, Christians exist. Um, let's talk about it. Um, <clears throat> you get a bunch of different reactions, right? I was talking to a mate at work two weeks ago about Christianity and what it's all about. And he, um, after me explaining a bit of who Jesus is, he said something like, oh, that's really nice that you've got a community who you belong to, you know? Um, and, you know, you can improve yourself there. I was like, what the, where did he come, with, come up with that from? He actually has an idea of what a Christian is, and he's going, oh, it's got to, oh yeah, cool, so community, who all have never heard a swear word, and they sing nice songs, and oh, and they make themselves better. See, people will react to you um, depending on what they think a Christian is. And so, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Tonight we're going to think about that. We're going to look at what Jesus has to say about what a Christian is. Um, is it just someone who invites Jesus into their heart, you know, and now they're pals with Jesus and they sing nice songs at youth? Is it that? And what do you do when people come up with those kind of, kind of things? That's what we're going to figure out tonight. And so we're in the book of Matthew. Uh, we've been here for a couple of weeks. Remember last year we looked at the Sermon on the Mount for a whole chunk of time where Jesus just delivers this sermon and people, people's jaws hit the floor. They hear him and they go, Wow, this guy is legit. He has authority to teach. That's amazing. 
these last couple of weeks, we've been seeing Jesus do some incredible stuff. And again, people are going, I can't actually get my jaw to the floor. Um, but they go, well, who is this guy? People follow him. People get saved. People become Christians. And yet, the mission isn't over. Jesus has got more work to be, more, Jesus has got more stuff to do. We're going to see tonight the mission kind of unfold a bit. See more of what Jesus is up to and how other people get involved. And I reckon that is going to help us figure out what a Christian actually is and, and what do you do with people who come up with crazy stuff. Here's the first thing I want to show you. Um, if we can get it up on the screen, kapow. Whoopah! This is a mission to declare that Jesus is king. I'm going, to, I'm going to show you that from the Bible. Why don't you flip open chapter 9, verse 35. Here's a summary of what Jesus has been doing. Read it along with me. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Do you see that? Jesus is getting down to business as the king. He teaches and he proclaims what? That the kingdom has come. Um, that, that's, his, that's his message there. Do you see it? The proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. What's that? Well, he's saying the kingdom's here. The kingdom's come near because the king's come near. Jesus himself is here, this long-awaited king. He's finally rocked up to God's people. And so his mission is to get that, get that message out. The king's here. And he, and he backs it up by healing and doing a bunch of awesome stuff. That's, that's the message. Jesus is king. Now, from the get-go, that's different to the way most people think about what a Christian is or Christianity, right? Jesus isn't just a pal who wants to be your mate or wants to be your friend. Um, actually, he's the, we're not equal, he's the ruler, the long-awaited ruler who demands to rule our lives. Jesus demands that he rule your life, that you hand over the reins or the driver's seat to him. Who's seen Lord of the Rings? Here. Oh, come on. Throw your hands up with confidence. You're excited by that. Yeah, sweet. Any girl? Seriously, any girls? Have se- Boom. Boom. Great. There's a couple. Well, I'll get, we're going to watch part of Lord of the Rings, right? I think Lord of, uh, Return of the King. Not Gandalf's death. Spoiler alert. Wait up, wait up, wait up. I want to give you one piece of background. We'll come back to that. One piece of background, there's some shadow kind of mountain crazy people who live under this mountain. Anyway, all you need to know is that they have sworn an oath of allegiance to the king of Gondor. They have to fight for the king of Gondor. Did I say that right, Mike? Is that, is that James? All right, sweet. Um, see if you can see any common things between Jesus and this king. Let's have a watch. The shadow is upon us, Aragorn. The end has come. You will not be our end, but his. You ride to war, but not to victory. Sauron's armies march on Minas Tirith, as you know, but in secret he sends another force which will attack from the river. A fleet of Corsair ships sails from the south. They'll be in the city in two days. You're outnumbered, Aragorn. You need more men. There are none. There are those who dwell in the mountain. Murderers. 
You would call upon them to fight. They believe in nothing. They answer to no one. They will answer to the King of Gondor. Forged from the shards of Narsil. of Gondor, not just a ranger. He had you all fooled. He's the king of Gondor. As king, Aragorn has the right to rule those people. You know, he's from the, the, the line of Isildur, I think, uh, and he's got the sword. He's the king. He's got the right to rule these mountain ghost people. And so, because he's the king, these mountain ghost people, I don't actually know what they're called, who cares? Hey? Wow. Yeah, so they betrayed the king. Now they owe something to the king. Gondor's the king. Thanks, James. So these mountain people have to bow the knee to this king, to this king of Gondor. You can see how Jesus is like Aragorn, right? If he really is the king, everyone's got to bow the knee to him. Jesus isn't just a pal who wants to be our friend. Yeah, um, he's the king who has the right to rule you and me. If he's been raised from the dead, if he's legit, and I reckon he has been, um, he demands that we bow the knee to him. So that's the, that's the first big thing I want to show you. And I've shown you that actually um, Jesus is trying to get out this message that he is the king and he's proven it as well. Um, one thing I want, to, I want to point out as well, I don't want you to um, miss this. Verse 36, if you've still got your Bibles there, check this one out. See how he feels towards his people. Let's read it. Um, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You see that? You catch that? Jesus looks at his people and his heart goes out to them. His heart breaks for them. Why? Because his people, all these people in front of him are helpless. They are like sheep with no one to lead them. Sheep without a shepherd, helpless. I don't know how many of you guys have spent any time on farms, uh, but try and imagine, right? You've got some sheep, and they're in their grass, but it's running out of grass. They've actually got to go somewhere else, to another patch of grass, heaps far away, because that's where the good grass is, and they're dying. Uh, and they're going to go there, but first they've actually got to get through um, this creek. They've got to swim through this creek, and they've got to walk through those two, on that path between those two trees, 
And they've got to pass those kind of crazy villagers who really love roast lamb and could kill them at any moment and eat them for breakfast and lunch and dinner. And they've got to get past these women who love their woolen coats and will kill them and take their wool. Uh, and they've got to go out and this heaps far away, right? Dangerous journey. Here's the problem. The sheep don't even know which way to go. They're like, okay, so which, which way? And there's no shepherd to lead them. They're stuffed. And while we're talking about sheep, check this out. Um, did you know that sheep's wool will grow forever? Do you know that? Ready? Check this out. This, guy, this sheep, his name's Shrek. Six years, Shrek hid in a cave. Right? And his wool grows. And then, and then um, they corner this sheep and they... Um, put him on national television, and they shave his, his, um, his wool. And poor Shrek, yeah? six years in trying to get away. His wool's just been growing and growing. They actually made 20 suits out of the wool from that sheep. From that sheep. That's, um, yeah, that's not related. I just thought that was a very fun fact. That's amazing. Thank you, Shrek. Um, poor, poor little guy. But <coughs> he's starting to get the point about how Jesus feels towards his sheep. He looks at them and they are lost. They are helpless. They're, these sheep, these people have no king or no shepherd to keep them off the highway to hell and get them on the path to heaven. They've got no one like that. So Jesus' hearts, Jesus' heart breaks for them. And so he tells his disciples, look, look at the harvest. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And then he prays, hey, tells him to pray. Hey, guys, pray that God would send out workers into that harvest. My point here is Jesus cares about his people. He cares about you. He doesn't just fix our problem like a business transaction. He's deeply moved and, and cares for the people he's made. He's concerned about how lost people are. I wonder if you feel the same about the lost people in your life or in your family or here at youth. If it, is, if it isn't obvious already, a Christian isn't someone who just invites Jesus into their heart and now joins this community of people who have never heard a swear word um, and go to church on a Sunday. It's <laughs> not what a Christian is. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, can I urge you... Um, to think about this and make a decision on this. So just like Aragorn, right? Jesus is your king. There's good evidence to believe that he's legit. Um, how we Think about this. Guys, Elijah, Josh, think about this. How, how are you going to respond to the news that Jesus is king? How, how are you going to respond to that news? Um, because he would say that you are lost. You need a king and you need a savior to save you from your rebellion against him. And Jesus is both. Um, make Jesus your king. Think about that. Decide to do it. Get your questions answered. That's the first thing we've seen is that Jesus, uh, his mission is about um, telling people he's the king, getting the word out. Um, now, uh, that's the first thing. I actually want to show you one other thing from this passage. I reckon it's real helpful. Here's the second thing. This is big for us if we're following Jesus. Um, this is a mission 
for those who love Jesus more than life. This is a mission for those who love Jesus more than life. See, Jesus hands on his mission to a very specific group of people. He doesn't hand it on to Bear Grylls or some kind of um, bomb squad or policemen. That's not what kind of mission we're talking about. Who does he hand on his mission to? Chapter 10, verse 1. Have a read. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, da, 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 goes through the names. Um, chapter uh, 10, verse 5. You just want to skip down there. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. And then he gives them some, some instructions on who to go to and, and kind of how to do that. So, to get this, Jesus' mission is to be carried out by <coughs> sorry, average people, average blokes, 12 guys um, who sinful, normal, average guys, not influential, not powerful. I reckon that's a comfort for you and me. Because you're not impressive. I'm not impressive. Um, it's like he gets us, these ugly mountain ghost people, who have, you know, answer to no one, and he makes us, his people, he's our king now, and he uses ordinary people to get out this extraordinary message to the world that the king is here. And he gives them some instructions. Let's check them out real quick. Verse 6, they're to go to the lost sheep of Israel. Verse 7 and 8, they're to do what he's been doing already, proclaim that message, heal some, st- some people, do some stuff. Uh, verses 9 through to 15, he doesn't say pack some massive fat camp packing list and bring your whole room. He actually tells them, oh, don't bring anything. If people want you, they'll welcome you in, the ho- in, your ho- in their house and um, if they don't welcome you, don't want to hear from you, that's, on, that's a huge mistake. That's on them. Um, go to the next town. And so that's it. Jesus gives his followers these, these instructions. But I actually want to point out that this mission isn't just for the 12. Jesus is the king of everyone. He's the king of all people, places, times. And so this mission is for everyone who has Jesus their king to go and make more people who will um, make Jesus their king. There's a couple other clues in the passage as well that makes us think, actually, yeah, no, this is for all Christians. Um, I actually want to show you some of this stuff. Right? It's, it's some heavy elements to being a follower of Jesus. Track with me on this one. Verse 16. People on this mission will be like sheep among wolves. Verse 17. People on this mission will be, I don't know, Abused by religious leaders, Jews. Verse 18. People in this mission will stand trial for Jesus. How about this one? Verse 22, if you want to skip down there. People on this mission will be hated by everyone because of Jesus. Whoa. You're not selling it that, that well, Jesus. Check it out, verse 37. Think about this if you're a Christian. People on this mission will love Jesus more than their family. You get it again in verse 38. They'll love Jesus more than their life. They'll be willing to take up their cross and die. Verse 39. They, these people in this mission will love Jesus more than their life. That's, you get that there again. I wonder how, you, how you're feeling as we read through that. What's your reaction? It's really, it seems pretty costly, huh? It seems, it seems tough. I wonder if you're thinking... I'm not good with words. 
I'm not a word person. I, I don't have conversation about Jesus with people. Maybe you're wondering, and I just, I don't have that kind of energy. Seems like a tiring, tiring gig. Um, you might be thinking a whole bunch of things, and I actually don't have an easy way out for you. I'll be honest. Uh, following Jesus is tough work. It's it's tiring work. Um, but it's the mission he gives us as his followers. That's the, that's the mission he gives us. And I want to tell you, it is 100% worth it. Just to see my brother become a Christian, be able to sing the same songs that I do at Youth and Church, worth it. Worth any kind of risk I could take to, to tell him about Jesus. Um, to be able to uh, be in heaven, be in the kingdom with the people at my work, what would I give up? to help them hear about Jesus or come to a place where they can hear about Jesus, I would give up anything if it meant they could make Jesus their king. It is so worth it. Jesus commands us to do it, and it's worth it. Um, And so, here's the last thing I want to leave you with. Don't let anything stop you from getting on this mission. Don't let anything stop you from getting on this mission. It's a lot of work to be done. Following Jesus will be tough. um, But it's worth it. The harvest... It's, it's huge. I'll wrap up. Eva Youth, we're not, um, Eva Youth isn't a bunch of people who um, are just brought together because they don't swear and they like singing nice songs and they're all, um, they've invited Jesus into their heart. We're filled with a bunch of people who have realized Jesus is the king and we've gone, yeah, I need to make him my king. And so now, um, knowing that we've got a king who's died for us, who's come back to life again, he's running the world. Where are people who know that um, the world needs to hear that? People have got to know that Jesus is their king. And so let's get out there. Let's go tell people that Jesus is their king who can save. It's not all about speaking though. You could invite people to come to a place where they can hear about Jesus. It's not all on you. Um, um, get out there and... <coughs> oh, I'm so sorry. That's pretty gross, isn't it? So, it's too late to... I'm coughing a little bit. Nearly done. Wow, thank you. I'll do that later. Here's one. Um, go build really strong relationships with people who aren't Christians. Be their best friends um, with family. Uh, go ask your friends questions about what they believe. Have a conversation about that. The point here is go help make people, go help people make Jesus their king. That's, that's what we're going to do. It's going to be worth it. Be worth it when you're in, in heaven with that person who got saved. Wow, it's going to be worth it. Why don't I pray and we'll pray that God does something with, with our efforts to make Jesus known. Pray with me. Oh, Father God, thank you that you have come to our world in Jesus uh, and you've made a way for us to come back to you. Jesus came and he died in our place. So Jesus, we want to thank you for what you've done. It's astonishing. Um, Jesus, we just want to um, help more and more people hear about you. So please, give us everything we need to be faithful as your um, people, as your followers. Uh, we pray that we'll be confident as we try and chat to people about Jesus or invite them along to the place where they can hear about you. And um, God, I pray that you do something so that when we are in heaven, we'll be able to see an impact we had, helping more people come. I want to pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.